0: Okay. It happens here and it finishes here. Two men enter. One man leaves.
1: Merely a two word review. It just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last That right there is a, a lot, lot of the Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, and uh, thank you for tuning in, choosing to hang out with us for a little while. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be a fun little podcast for you. Got two of the gr- best, greatest minds in the city down here in the basement talking about Mr. Mark Stallion and uh, Mr. Casey Ray. You know these guys. Uh, we do a thing, call it a pod jam we just sit around and talk about shit. we don't talk about specific music necessarily uh, we talk about what we see coming um this is coming out this podcast is coming out on the day before the inauguration before uh, when Donald J Trump will become the forty fifth president of the United states and uh and that that brings a lot of problems uh, that uh, you know we were we were already looking at a an industry that in is some say it's in decline, some say it's it's just changing we don't know but uh, but now we have a whole other world of stuff to talk about uh, of how he and his administration and his supporters are going to impact sort of the art going forward uh, not just not just like cosmetically but actually you know how you will get it so um, this is a little shorter than our other pod jams we wanted to cut it short because you know we want to see what happens. this is more of a prediction of like hey it's 2017. Let's get ready. Let's see what's going to go on, and um, and uh, and that's it. That's your podcast this week. Nothing else. I don't even think. I don't know. I might play a track at the back. Hey, tune in, and figure out, and see if we're going to do that. But uh, but it's a pleasure to have uh, Marcus and Casey down here as always, and uh, and you're about to find that out yourself. So if you're ready, if you're strapped in, if you have your beverage, you're all set. You're all relaxed. You are mentally strong. Uh, let's head on down to the basement. talk with myself uh, Mr Marcus Dalling and Mr. Casey Ray. Uh, yeah, so the answer your question, Marcus yes, uh, hysteria is on because if uh, you can't have a rock basement without right. Def Leopard hysteria. I mean, so this is literally, Casey, you haven't seen this. We have control now. We can pull oh. up anything we want. Wow. And, but right now, I've just got on hysteria. So if someone says, hey, you know, this is a good time for Love Bites. Yeah. Then we'll just hit it.
2: Yeah, you could really do that.
1: <laughs> That's fucking beautiful. That is a thing that you could
2: choose to do. You wouldn't do that? Uh, I might do it in the privacy of my own antechamber. Okay. Antechamber, even. Yeah, it's like a chamber, but it's like fuck you chamber. It's a <laughs> <clears throat> you yeah. don't want to bring the chamber and the antichamber together because it messes with the molecules of everything. Okay, mm. right. Yeah. Cause it's some kind of like nuclear fission. You guys wanna talk about twenty seventeen? Yeah. This guy's about fission over here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I-, I thought twenty seventeen was about fusion. This is Trump's America.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a lot of be about a lot of things. <laughs> uh, yes, that that voice true. you hear, uh, you hear Marcus laughing cuz that's what he that's what he does a lot. I do that. Uh, Mr. Casey Ray. Hi there. Man, of many titles now. Again, more expanding, not only uh like my waistline yeah. Yeah. No, no, man. You've been biking. Yeah. I've I have. Been I've been eating, eating, too. You look good.
3: You look good. No. Food is delicious.
2: Yes. Biking and eating. The no, Casey as, as, story. As, you
1: know, we all, this part of the country, put on a little winter weight. I was like, you're doing good, man. Yeah.
2: You know, it's, uh, it's uh, one of those things when you get really old, mm-hmm. you start to realize, like, all of those horror stories they tell you about your body just coming apart yeah. are true. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, okay, so maybe... I choose the thing that uh, makes me feel like a 12-year-old, because I'm not going to go to the gym. No. And I'm not going to, like, you know, whatever. I just can't do that. I'm not going to run. That's insane. That is insane. Who does that? uh well, Mar- does this, but we are insane. <laughs> and yeah i get on the bike and i'm like i you know i really do feel like i should have like a you know a sweaty copy of like stephen king it under my so yeah, while i'm yeah, like yeah, trying yeah. to get home before the sun actually sets so the clowns don't eat me yes yeah that's what
1: a bike's for that's yeah. what wait wait till you get it going on like sort of longest rides that it's a good thing, man. What are those? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Like, like 30 miles, man. You can do it. It's me about
2: 20 up. minutes to get to work, so I think I'm doing pretty okay. Yeah, so yeah. Like, you have like
1: a hill to go up. I have a hill to on, go up. On I that have to so, so, so we're here to talk about 2017. Now, uh we know about 2016. We know all about 2016. Boy, howdy. Wow. Well, let's talk about some good stuff first coming out. First of all, David Bowie can't die again. No, he can't. Right? No. Nope. So we're good. Can't. Still hurts a little. Hurts yeah. a little. I listened to Black Star. I refused to listen to this EP that came out. Yeah. yeah. He died. Yeah. It's over. I, d- I had a comment it's, about
2: that to my wife this morning.
1: It's He died. It's over. Same thing yeah. when people are like, Prince is dead. And they'd be like, oh, we're going to release his vaults. Give zero fucks. I don't want to hear that.
2: You know, I don't mind that the archives get released, to tell you the truth. I think it helps us kind of situate the artist's creative process and, you know, uh, as distance passes between their um, career arc and peak, and, um, you know, it's nice to have new stuff to chew on, Mm -hmm. but I also think that it's really important that an artist, like, maintains that sort of executive decision-making control. no, I agree. Because one of the things that bummed me out was, um, I was also talking this morning about From a Basement on the Hill by Elliot Smith, Mm -hmm. which, you know was basically strung together without the artist's executive decision-making right. authority Sketchings for my sweetheart the right. drum the same thing yep. uh, and the reason Buckley that KC? black star is so good is because you know bowie against all odds was able to actually uh not only uh execute that record in a normal sense like hey we're done i'm still alive mm-hmm. i'm breathing okay uh you know send it to production but he also, as we know, loaded it with so many uh, yeah. multi-dimensional, intertextual, you know, Easter eggs and and strange uh, Bowie cookies. Yeah, right. like
1: in the music and the artwork and in yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, it, it remains like a, a powerful piece. Um, I actually tweeted out something near the end of last year, or no, it was this year. It was uh, the release of the uh, documents recently, and right. and and I, I said, and this was right on. Uh, Bowie, around Bowie's birthday, his death, mm-hmm. and I said it—it's it, like he didn't leave us. If you're into that sort of thing, yeah. he's up there, and like, it was a good joke. Yeah,
2: <laughs> was like, it's like—it's very interesting. I don't know who else gets to do that, not to kick off the year with a morbid uh, thing, but I think what
1: we're trying to do is crawl out of the morbidity right. yeah, of twenty-six floors. Yeah. no yeah. nobody left. <clears throat> I, I don't think nobody left gets to do that. Like this oh. we, we, we cleared the plate last year, which is good. And you know, there was a, maybe Chuck Berry will give us a, no, no, his no, no, death no, no. poem. You know. Uh, William Peter Blatty, you're familiar with those? Oh scares? yeah, absolutely. He yeah. died this morning, but that guy—that yeah. guy scared the fuck out of me. So I'm not really concerned about that. But he, <laughs> but he did have a lasting impression. Like right. these artists, like do these things that affect our culture in a way that like, you, you don't forget. The Exorcist, people still talk about he that. Had a huge that in- influence singling. on me. As
2: a matter yeah. of fact, like I sort of feel like the way that my weird life goes is, you know, something will happen to me where it just so happens that my classroom at georgetown is literally next door to the exorcist stairs mm-hmm. so i know
3: i run up the exorcist every single stairs. time yeah, so i'm surprised there, there i don't you go. see you
2: right well i'm for, it's fourth it's a uh, two o'clock to 4 30 on thursday so unless you're running at precisely that okay, time no, you're probably no, no know <laughs> to run so you, you <laughs> jump <laughs> up in the window um yeah.
1: but we are we are sitting down here in, in this basement this newly pimped out basement on the uh, on the eve on friday uh we're going to be swearing in uh Donald Trump, that guy. I'm going to be swearing. Yeah, well, we're, we're all down here going to be swearing. I think we're on your side with that one. And, um, you know, we tried to do this last year. So I'm glad we're getting to do this now. But we wanted to kick off uh, 2017 with sort of pod jam pajama what we want to see out of 2017. This is going to be radically different than what 2016 was. Radically, completely. Because, uh, and and I'm going to start. I'm going to start hard, man. Because it's something that Marcus and I have been talking about a little okay. bit. Uh, because of the incoming administration coming in, we have like he just went after like John Lewis on Twitter. Uh, take you know the Twitter stories for what it what they're worth, but yeah. that that is a thing that happened. Um, you know, when you look forward to a year, you want to see like, okay, what what. Kind of, what's the zeitgeist? What are artists going to be talking about? What are they going to be sounding like? What are, uh, what's going to resurface? What's going to come back? Yeah. And I, uh, well, I've been <laughs> well, wondering though if something new that we haven't seen is going to be happening here. And, uh, we couldn't think of the name of it. It were, you know, the old skinhead punk. Yeah. Not, not, not like good skinhead punk, like yeah. literally like Nazi, right. Nazi, neo Nazi. Punk. So what do we think about this idea that there we could see a rise of alt-right country?
2: Wow, that would be really interesting. I mean, so far it's been confined to, like, power noise, uh, right. you know, at 4chan and yeah. Reddit, you know? <laughs> and it's like there's a limited uh, community of people who are going to find that um, fun to listen to. But for sure, one of the things that happened in the Bush administration uh, that I remember pretty well because I was working in the uh, music policy space is uh the dixie chicks incident of course and because of you know the the complete deregulatory attitude of the bush administration the damage had already been done uh with the ownership of terrestrial radio stations belonging to just uh, like a small handful of companies like four companies and so when lou dickey who is the head of cumulus still is i believe Uh, you know, got personally offended at Natalie Maines for Mm -hmm. having the temerity of criticizing George Bush, he could say uh, to his jocks, don't play any more Dixie Chicks music. And since he owned him and Clear Channel, like, you know, half of the uh, radio stations in America, in North America, that meant that their career was effectively decimated. And so there is a very real threat when you're Mm -hmm. considering, you know, what a... Trump administration will look like with regard to its tolerance of art and artists who don't fall in line with the agenda. And, you know, the fact that he would go personally after, you know, a, a middle, late middle aged woman who play acts for a living. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, for criticizing him politely.
1: But, but this is more <clears throat> what I'm talking about is like that. And we, we will definitely get to that because, uh, you know, I think everything, like copyright is going to be a big thing this yeah, yeah, yeah. year, more so than it was. Uh, but, um, because he wants to open up them libel laws. But what I'm talking about is aggressively like country acts who feel it's okay to say, uh, yeah, I want to hang the, the Negro from a tree in a song and, and put it out on some sort of radio right. and, or right. what, whatever, you
3: know, whatever yeah. group you want to hate right. on. We had, we had talked about that. I think that the thing that I, intrigues me the most is that is benign alt-right country as a thing That could exist or like country leaning music or music that has that sort of like classic country feel with a sort of like alt-right appeal, but not like direct appeal, like, you know, not like hang the Negro from the tree. But like, it's I would already protect my... Well, I mean, it's already there. But like, protect my American, protect my freedom. You know, songs about freedom, songs about rights, songs right. about community that are not fully communal. But like, we're like, well,
2: you know, coming out of the nine eleven era, Toby Keith was no, kind of was like about, know, the yeah, so yeah, super, yeah. Right, That's right. Yeah, and so I, I mean, maybe it gets more uh, less coded and more more overt.
3: Right. Uh, right. But not but not explicitly overt, yeah. but overt enough where you pull it in enough of the people that. You know, voted a certain way on November eighth. Well, why why wouldn't it though get overt and why why remain and well, what we've because, seen what we've seen in the past okay. two
1: weeks? Even why remain coded? Well, I, 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 you, you, there's a, there's an implied protection now okay. of if you want to like distribute this like hateful message that no coding is needed. You okay. just outright
3: just do it's it funny. and we were,
1: you're going to be possibly protected.
3: Yeah, we were talking about that. It was um, we were talking about um, top forty rap. Yeah, right now we were talking about like the fact that like. Crack cocaine production is actually a thing that's like actively discussed, like in like explicit detail in rap songs that are the number one songs in the country right now. Yeah, like Bad Bougie literally it oh. contains the 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 recipe for making crack cocaine. Fish scale rap has been around for a long time <laughs> right, in the pop but it's market. It's very much, but I mean, it's it's at the top of the Billboard charts, and it's less and it's now more. It's 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 at a degraded quality, more degraded quality than ever before. Well, I mean, the quality would be subjective. I
2: mean, the lowest common denominator, I think, is a thing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that I very mean, that's well where could be a to. factor. But I, I do believe that what the overall effect that both of you are describing is a type of, um, you know, cultural, self-applied cultural isolationism. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and the reason that this is uh, more possible than in previous eras, I think, is because – we are not, uh, you know, experiencing a monoculture, you know, media right. drip feed. Right, uh, it is atomized and that and and uh, amplified in echo chambers mm-hmm. where you know your already existing biases
3: and prejudices are reflected back to you at a much higher volume. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that. I'll, um. I think that uh, getting back to the point about. Where rap is at, I think there's also a thing with uh, Big Nashville too. That's important. I think that's one of the most important stories of 2017 is seeing the effect in top 40. Not so much in, like just like on the countryside of, of things, but seeing that Big Nashville thing that's now like really entrenched, and they know what they're doing, yeah. and they're like they're they're able to like crystallize these three minute songs into like really effective messaging, and now they have a president and a pop cultural narrative that allows them to exist to do well right but I'm, nashville I'm, has
2: become much more cosmopolitan since um the last time a republican oh, was no, in yeah. no, I agree, so. but
3: and that's and, and to me it's to the effect of the I songs mean, Chris that,
2: stapleton is one of their biggest acts, right
3: the song, but the songs i don't know about politics but right but the songs become I, out I say, space into top 40 though. might be a bad example <laughs> so the idea to be of that being now a top 40 thing where like this alt country or pop country or whatever becomes more a top forty staple product than just something that's kind of like to the left and you know an occasional thing that's fun when like Beyonce stands up with the Dixie Chicks to like a thing that literally could be in like next to Migos and next to whomever wants to be you know Taylor Swift Drake whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: Look, if we're getting into a place where culture is actually where these fights are happening. Um, I don't expect that people with you know hearts and souls uh, and talent to just sit back. Uh, I think actually that's you know a reason to um, to uh, stand and, well, well, right, and no, deliver. I mean, I, well, to that point to, yeah. that point, to that point, in the Edward
1: James Olmos way, stand yeah, yeah. and, 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 and deliver. deliver and
2: deliver. Yeah, yes. yeah. But, <laughs> but
1: but to that point though, like, does is there a possibility <laughs> this creates this whole different class of artists that could uh, because like look if you if you look to that specific type of punk that we were referencing. Right. It's, you know, it's out there. It's not, it's not difficult to find, but like you're not going to see it like on anything mainstream and stuff. If all of a sudden we have people that you have a mainstream delivery, because look, punk yeah. noise is not, it's, it's not is never going to be mainstream, mainstream delivery that we can get it up there. Does that not create a whole different class of people that they're the people who don't give a fuck. The they, only vehicle for that
2: in the mainstream is probably uh pop, country or, you know, big country or whatever it is these days, uh, because it does enjoy cultural dominance in, you know, large geographic regions of the United States where, you know, they tend to be Red states and vote Republican and mm-hmm. also where are the Trump voters. Right. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you still have the um, the tremendous power of incumbent broadcasters mm-hmm. that are still as con- consolidated as before. And the pipeline, if you are producing for Nashville to address what Marcus was saying, yeah. you know, if you want to make any money, that's what you're that's the pipe that you're servicing right. is um, mainstream country radio. However, you know, the things that – the cracks in the edifice, you know, the parts in the concrete outside on the sidewalk where the grass shoots uh, come up, you know, they're yeah. always unruly and you never know where they're going to burst
3: forth. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that yeah. we
2: can already see what that looks like. You know, people – Probably pay too much attention to Sturgill, uh, yeah, and maybe Sturgill pays oh. too much attention to Sturgill. Hey, he broke
3: out yeah. last night. Sturgill, that's actually that's actually the thing. Sturgill, Sturgill too broke much out last night on Saturday Night Live. So, damn it, right before the Grammys. it's okay
2: because what it means is Sturl, uh, Sturgill's a leading indicator. Yeah, and I think that there's probably an awful lot of folks that are coming from a different set of perspectives that are can claim Americana and claim uh, a tunefulness. And claim, uh, you know, audience demand. Right. That's all I'm saying. So, right. so, so, so that's another one of my bring it on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And but to, to that
2: point, my though, little
1: taunts from you know, the leftist art cabal. <laughs> Sturgill is up for a Grammy this year. He is, really? Yeah, yeah, really. And he uh, went
3: for being unknown.
1: Well, now apparently nobody a,
3: a, knows who he is. Still, or a Grammy um, nominee. Yeah, Grammy. but they didn't nominate
2: sort of, Black Star for Album of the Year, so the entire fucking exactly. thing. We, is we, yeah, <laughs> we, we know that.
1: that. It's bunk. Um, but but it's rigged. But so so the thing about him being up no. or, for a Grammy and that performance last night, you know, he. He sort of souped up uh, one of his songs. It ended up being like a four-minute vamp where he like smashes guitar and his organ. It's good theater and and everything, but it doesn't make that a good song. It doesn't make him a great artist. I think he's reacting to a lot of what is going on. Uh, I think though the Grammy campaign, especially like his <laughs> his simultaneous push for like he wants to be outside and then wants to be accepted, yeah, is is could be damaging at least to him in the future, but they hard needle to thread. Yeah. And it's, it's incre- incredibly complex because, you know, the foreground
2: background in this media environment is hard to discern. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I also want to toss into this whole conversation about, like, country and pop and all that. The fact that, like, Taylor Swift was releasing a rap record in uh. 2017. Like, that's an important conversational point because it's going to really make everybody angry. Like everything about this record, from the fact that it's probably a Drake and Taylor Swift collaborative thing, that's is it going to be Apple good related? I
1: mean, if it's good, I don't. It won't make me doesn't angry. Doesn't matter if
3: it's good. It just matters that it exists because it's the thing that it's yeah, the thing okay. that exists that allows for everything to spring forth from it. Now Beyonce's yeah. now Beyonce's free to make country records. But you can say that about anything. can decamp to Nashville and just make an entire record. You can say that about okay. anything. On one hand, you've got that whole, like, oh, no, when
2: Run-DMC and Aerosmith came That's together. What <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks for jumping in. And, you, right and you
3: want to get in a
2: time machine and go back and, well, I don't really want to kill any of those guys, but <laughs>
0: yeah. give them a stern
2: talking too. Yeah, right. There you go. You know, I would lecture them pedantically until they decided <laughs> not to do it. But, <laughs> But the thing is, I I don't want to go back in time and and make that happen in other, uh, you know, uh, instances, because sometimes those weird uh, connections do unleash, you know, cross-pollination in music that ends up changing culture in a fairly positive way everything turns out lame but look you know am i going to go back and give kurt cobain a stern talking to maybe i would just to tell him to you know you know drop the chick and kick the s- junk but yeah, yeah. you know but other than that like no man you make your weird like loud quiet loud songs and yeah. and uh let nature take care of the rest right but in the, at the end of the day, you can draw a direct line from Kurt Cobain to Nickelback. So, yes, you can. You know,
0: dun-dun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Taylor Swift makes a rap, rap album. Autograph? You know, yeah.
2: who gives a shit? Like, it just yeah. means that we're going to have more, oh, no, rap has little ingenues in it.
3: Yeah, but also now you <laughs> yeah. can also now you get the fact that like Beyoncé could decamp to Nashville or wherever and make like that pull on like, you know, Daddy Daddy Lessons it, like EP like full right. thing. Which
1: which I mean, honestly, she should. She she could. And yeah. and to that point, I want to yeah, I want to get she into will. I want to get thing. into
3: what what artists
1: can do and can't do in 2017. You know, we uh Whatever the hell they want. Well, in many years the run Jewels album is an example here. Uh they released they have released all their albums digitally for free. This is in fact when we were uh I know their PR guy, he's a he's a good dude, he's in a band himself. Uh and, and when they announced it, I said, Hey, can you do it? And he's like, you know, they legit want to have everybody here at the same time, their fans, people. And there are very few artists that all accept that from. Right. Because that that's gen genuinely a sort of a bullshit proposition. But those guys have stood by it. And then they offer up their LP, which is out now on Amazon. You can get it. And you pay for that. Yeah. As a result, they sell out all the shows. The shows here in DC were canceled because of the yeah, site slightly, issue. Yeah. Uh, but they sell out all their shows. They sell all the merch. It has made them millionaires. It has made them, as I said on those Look, podcasts, the u 2s a wrap. So – but – I understand that that's rarefied air when you can do that. But is that going to be or should that be a model for artists going forward that if you're on Bandcamp, you made your album. It's a digital thing. You just get your music out there and it's free. There's so
2: much more uh, stuff that's collectible, like in terms of, um, you know, it's a tiring conversation because it always leads back to the same place. Vinyl. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's all great. You know, the secret is with Run the Jewels is who gives a shit? You can't model that because that is the experience of, you know, guys that have a that have so much mastery of their individual and collaborative craft uh, that, you know, this is just something, those songs need to exist. That's the other thing. They're effective conduits of the muse. Right. 90% of the shit that comes out doesn't really need to exist in that sense. I'm happy for people to express themselves and I'm even happier if there's other people who enjoy that, but let's really be honest about, you know, the, the truly weighty music. And I think that run the jewels, like, are absolutely emblematic of how people can do business mm-hmm. these days. But it all really starts with just how, like, gifted you are, how, mm-hmm. uh, how much... Um, attention you're paying and receptivity you're offering to, you know, the creative inspiration that you're lucky to have. Right. And treating that well and treating your fans well in order to create the, you know, that positive exchange. Absolutely. That is Mm -hmm. modelable, but it has to start with like, you know, something that is,
1: Really meaningful, I think, yeah, in this yeah, market. Yeah, it does. And that's, and that's my thing. You can't it's like, just like you, that. you mentioned, like, and we've said it many times before, there's way too much shit out there. Mm-hmm. But Bandcamp is that model. You can put stuff up for free, mm-hmm. pay it where you want. Yeah. I am a huge fan of that. It's just uh, it's something that I've talked about now for like five years on this podcast. It's expectations of artists on a certain level. Like, if you would, Marcus and I were saying, yeah. is if you just commit to your album is going to be free on Bandcamp, you aren't, I mean, Sure, put in the mechanism people can pay if they want, but it's going to be $0, and then you're going to reward your fan base with vinyl. You're going to do that. This is the thing you do as an artist, whether or not, and maybe we'll talk about this, it is necessary to pair the actual product, the the, the art, with a physical product, whether or not that's necessary. But you do that and make these albums for your fans, and then you find out that your fan base is 100 people. Well, you should know well before you get to that. But I, but I, but I don't le- think anybody – and, and could be correct me if I'm way off base. I don't think a lot of artists do understand that. And I, I think it's because they never bother to take a look at it. and They never like say, you know, we only have like 1,000 people, period, who are like us. We shouldn't do a coast-to-coast tour. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. And they just want to right. go out
2: and do the thing, which is – Well, a- maybe they should. They can learn things in the process, meet yeah, people, yeah, make connections, yeah. expand their network. It depends on how you work it. Right. Yeah. Every experience can teach you something. Mm-hmm. Um, even ones that don't actually succeed in the uh, typically defined uh, right. metrics. You yeah, know? I mean,
3: to me, it's like I, I study a lot of like Japanese and Korean pop music. And the key to like both of those marketplaces is that, okay, Japan, number one, like music still sells because they've effectively trained the market to understand that like the job of the artist is to give the fan exactly what they want when they want it and they've understood that well, actually, exactly Japan,
2: they- the, the, Japan is a CD culture because they, they had CD rentals, uh, right. which was prohibited in the, in uh, the United States and other parts of the West. And so that actually prolonged the lifespan of that format, I think. Right. And so when you say buy music, people were buying CDs because that, you know, uh, iTunes and other digital um uh, storefronts hadn't really made inroads. I think that might be changing somewhat now yeah, with it streaming. But
3: it, but it, I think that finally it's, it's the fact that like these people Party know. different. They've always right. been like yeah. Uh, people know that there is. You have to train your fans. I think for artists, if I'm speaking again to the microphone, like it's like a yeah. person. Like you have to train your fan base to know that there is a free thing, there is a paid thing. There is a concert, and then there is a bigger freed th- free thing, a bigger paid thing that right. is at the end of this long path, it is 18, 24, 36 months, whatever. Like you have to like train, you have to retrain the marketplace to understand a different model of content and cost. Like when you do that, and yeah. I think that's one of the key stories of 2017. I think the artists that will win. In 2017, are the artists that will understand? Okay, this is what we have to do. We have to like retrain people to think content cost, content cost, and you have to continuously like do that because now it's, right. it, it used to be a thing where it well, was like you're, you're, the content cost. What, costs what at you're the same talking time.
1: about is paying attention to your business. I mean, that, right. like, and, and that. And that's actually the
3: independent entrepreneur at this that's point. That's so. why I
1: wanted to start talking about this. You, know, you said a lot last year. That, like, if you can do anything, if if anything is nobody's making money, if you can right. do anything, yeah. then you should just do that in the in the in the studio and and make the make the motherfucker of an album, right? Every single time because you don't have to worry about the market. To that end, <sighs> like, and, and I'll use like our DIY scene in, in specifically in DC as, as an example here. You know, we are very DIY, do it together, and I I. Wonder, D-I-P. wonder now more uh, going in 2017. Why can't we just be like do it for real? Because there is a lo- big difference between playing a show at House House up the street, for example, uh, which is a good recording place actually. The, the, the rooms and stellar. Or just even getting, like, recurring shows at, say, DC9 or Rock and Run Hotel or something like that. And maybe, maybe Casey, you can speak to that. You, I, I just honestly
2: – I mean, the business is interesting. It's business uh, – it's fun to look at at the macro level. It's interesting to consider in terms of communities doing for themselves in self-defined ways that don't need mm-hmm. a national industry to parachute in and take them to the next level yeah. in order to do something meaningful that to oh, sustain. Uh, and uh, But, you know, honestly – all of that stuff is going to have to um, exist in a state of dynamic tension because we are in uh, multiple free falls in terms of labor technology mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and just basically uh, economics. I mean, that sounds like a Jeff Spicoli thing to say. like Just basically like economics, man. <laughs> uh, or Keanu. Just picture Keanu. Yeah, that's more Keanu, man. That. Uh, but, but I guess my point is, um, I think that people should probably focus a lot on, on the, the pure creativity of it. Yeah. Like, you know, there are a lot of things to say now. Um, I'm very delighted in some ways, even though I'm, I'm white knuckle terrified like everybody else to have kind of, put something on the line here inside of myself. I think now, like my soul has awakened to something. And so the muse really likes that tickle as it turns out. She lights up. And I just think that other people can do that too. I mean, you got that fire. Well, not everybody has it, but, uh, but I think enough people do, and I think it's easier to find if you let the other content settle. So don't fuss and fight so much, children.
1: Play no. the music of your spirit. Yeah, no, I sound like uh, HR no, that, from that, bad no, room. That, that's true, though. That, that's, that, that, true. that's actually the point. And, and, and to that point, like, given the, I have found myself like picking up my guitar more. I'm going to start recording something in February. Yeah. It is it and it, and I I don't get on board with like that this whole thing is going to create better art in 2017. Like it may or that may it not comes from people doing it with a sense of purpose. Focus
3: and heart. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. And that, and yeah. that
1: Repeatedly, but to, to that point, that's because <laughs> you get better. But that's why. That's to that point. That's why I brought up like doing it for real. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it, There, there is this thing that people look at, uh, that have looked at for forever, where they're like, "This is how it is," and the focus always shifts off doing the art that, okay. uh, sitting down and making it. Mm. If you can't get to that first then the other stuff will not come unless you're basically extremely lucky. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna...
3: I'll interject here with a story. Um, so I, I recently uh, reviewed this uh, two-track, 34-minute modular synth ah! EP for Camp from uh, <clears throat> Alex Double F, the man uh, Maggie Gilmore. Alex Double F, who's of Paper House does a modular synth project as Black Lodge. And uh, Maggie Gilmore, who also works for as the uh, archivist for DC Punk Archive, uh, does vocals as MG. And uh, Yeah, Maggie, the librarian. She's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. So they did this project together. And not saying that the project is like going to like hit number one or going to become the most like, purchased thing in history, band camp or whatever. I mainly covered it because I'm like, okay. So these are two people who like woke up one day and realized, oh my God, the creativity that I'm doing right now isn't good enough. So I need to do something more. So, like, Tabloff, like, front's a band. And he front's a band that, like, people know. Front's a band that's been covered in NPR and all these places. And in DC are fairly, relatively well-respected. But he's like, okay, I need to do more. So I'm going to pick up this modular synth, an instrument I know m- minimally anything about. Right. And I'm going to futz around with it for, thir- for for hours. Like, the original of this this 34-minute 34 tra- 34 thing that they put out is, like, three and a half hours long. So he's sitting there with Maggie, and they're, like, in his basement, like, futzing around with, like, a modular synth, and, like, she's just singing about pain. And they're just kind of doing a thing, you know, making a jazz, even. They're making a, jazz. a They're really they're making, making a jazz. jazz. <laughs> they're just like, fuck it. The world is fucked. We're going to sit in this basement, and I don't know what I'm doing with this brand new instrument that I dig, and I don't really know, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to do thing yeah you got to relate to
2: it you got to relate to it right? honestly i mean one of the things that you know is probably going to cripple anybody at some point is awareness of their own mortality right. or mm-hmm. other people's mortality making them yeah. even more aware of uh of mortality generally and i think that you know there's a real shock to the system that can occur and i think it can occur in societies that have been You know, maybe, um, fattened up for the slaughter, haven't really had to lost the eye of the tiger, so to speak. And and in some ways, it's like you don't really wish that anybody be jostled out of their comfort zone to the point where people really hurt and suffer. And uh, I really resist that type of Amanda Palmerization right. of, uh, of this kind of political um, shift that we've experienced. But I do believe there's something w- within individual human beings and in collectives uh, where you really dig deep and you find something that is uh, relates, uh, to the outside culture almost without even having to try. You need to have the gestalt. You need to right. have that kind of, uh, you know, purpose and meaning and character. It has to be authentic. It can't be borrowed. Although, you know, in research for this book I'm writing, I'm looking at the beats a lot and I'm seeing that, you know, th- those guys weren't worried about, you know, what their Spotify payments were going to be. They <laughs> like were like criminal wastrels, yes, most right. of them. And, uh, but at the same time, they were also hyper aware that they had this moment in time and that there were, and that moment, uh, in terms of their interests, was predicated on, uh, prior movements of similar in- insane weirdos who yeah. felt that they were compelled and, to create.
1: And, and it was an actual movement. I mean, to be clear, I mean, that, that is, you know, uh, for whatever, uh, socio political reasons, whatever, like, put, these people saying the same things at the same time.
0: You right
2: the, the uh, time the calls place. it out. Right, time calls it out.
1: and we don't. I mean, we don't necessarily have not seen anything like that since. Oh, it's coming.
3: No, I'm, is, is it coming? I'm, is that, yeah, I'm it fascin- coming this year? I'm fascinated or, by the be, idea that... You'll be able to start to see it, sure. Maybe yeah. we're not looking at a movement, but we're looking at an era where like everybody's going to like deconstruct themselves. Because everybody's been hit by this election in such a way where they're like, okay, something that I was doing uniquely, if you're like mm-hmm. an artist that you believe yourself to be, some kind of like alpha creative, you're like, something that I did in the last eight years was so horribly wrong... That it caused this shift in the universe, where this orange man was elected president, who is <laughs> not the person
2: that well, let's not beat ourselves
3: up. I mean, you know so what? I would, I would blame Arcade Fire. <laughs> i mean well, that's what i'm saying like asleep
2: at the wheel yeah. Like,
3: yeah you think like okay so like i had something to do with this so there's something that i need to do radically different as an artist in order to like maybe create something right in the universe mm. so i mean i'm I'm intrigued by this notion like i don't know, know the, possibly doing you know that.
2: i don't think that like this is where i get mad at the idea that you know protest music has to have a sonic aesthetic because one of the reasons that I've pushed back against people using punk as a term that applies uh. to a musical sound is that it doesn't. It's It can be described, I think, in a post-everything uh, kind of organizing principle way. Yeah. But even still, there's so many different kinds of uh, uh, organizing principles that can inform mm-hmm. s- uh, a collective group's understanding of how it is punk yeah. uh, or even an individual's response to the social uh, environment that he or she or they find themselves in. I think that musically we're talking about an opportunity for people to music, use music simply as a vehicle to express emotions that and, and uh, realizations and understandings that may have been dormant because they didn't need to be activated for the purposes of, oh, I don't know, saving yeah.
1: humanity. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that, that's <laughs> right. actually a very good point because I've made a lot of jokes about About uh, first started off, my jokes were about like, well, we should almost go full evil because it clearly works, it's like good, but then I made a lot of jokes about 2017, like the the year of just giving zero fucks about anything, anything you do. But, but actually, I really, uh, you know, think that I I think more so in, in in a benevolent way in that it. We we're now there. There's we're up against this this black force. I forget which movie it was. A black force moving across the universe, right? And it's coming at us. And we're like, okay, maybe winter is coming is a more like relevant. I'm just energy. taking the ring to Mordor, dude. Right, right, you're just, <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So 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 so. Whereas before, like people artists had these fears of like. Doing stuff and and how they're going to express themselves. You're always going to have that built into your humanity, like these self uh, insecurities and whatnot. But because it's up against this now, it's it can't hurt like it can't hurt. It'll probably make things better. It'll make the light
2: brighter. It can. Right. It can define the purpose. It can, you know, sharpen the metal. It can do all of these things. You never know if you're going to win or lose. I think that actually the secret of uh, the secret winner of the 2016 cultural conversation is actually a movie, and it's and it's a fucking Star Wars movie. And you're going to say Deadpool. It's but- <laughs> probably not even really all that great in any other way, other than the fact that it takes a quarry theme which yeah. is you know star wars there's an empire and there's a rebellion right and it makes it about a very real type of sacrifice and a very real type of moral integrity right. and uh you know i think that that for popular culture is a statement of intent i think that yeah. the fact that every saturday night live is going to have Alec Baldwin playing Donald Trump is both a statement of intent and also a deliberate um, marker that they've set saying if this goes away, something has irrevocably changed. Right. And so I think that what we're seeing is we uh, there is a popular entertainment uh, consortia of folks who are sharing the the awareness that we're all experiencing. And I would expect that he, that on the underground in particular, we're going to have people who just simply will reject right. uh, those, any of the constraints of uh, what these fascists are trying mm-hmm. to make normal. Right. Um, yeah. I think that half the country is probably pretty stupid, but I think half the co- country can also be uh, moved in a direction of uh productive engagement it's just that we haven't really had truly patriotic Americans doing that on behalf of other Americans, and it can start in the arts right uh, or it can be supported by the but arts what, it but, can be but what about, what virally about carried by the what, arts? what about the
1: consumer who is uh very much in the in the uh, in the say the trump camp and that and that's that side of things and and You know, maybe they did it. Maybe they're not fully. Maybe they did it because they're like, well, I, uh, this has been a common narrative, actually. I, uh, yeah, I support gay people. I support this. But, uh, I think he was more honest. What what about, like, these people that Uh, will celebrate the same type of art uh, and not be influenced
3: by uh, it in the way that we're talking about? Yeah, I'll speak to those people. Um, Migos, they don't exist. Yeah, Migos are probably going to have like 10 songs this year that will like make those people incredibly happy because the one thing about like trap rap in particular, and I want to make sure that we like have a special part of this podcast where we talk about this thing that like most people in mainstream America are minimally aware of. Are, but... we, are we talking about trap dying? Because that's no, my, that's my no, wish for 2017. No, I'm talking about like trap like, <laughs> multiplying and like, like gremlin style in the sense <laughs> that like <laughs> trap rappers have figured out a way to make like. Three and a half minute pop songs that are all hook. They are making a jazz, and yes. you know what? It is highly viral. It is
2: incredibly weaponized, <laughs> right. and it cannot be destroyed. Right?
3: Exactly. And like Migos have "Bad and Bougie," which is been number one. It's probably gonna be number one song for like eighteen weeks or something this year. Right. And Donald Glover mentioned it at the Golden Globes, and you know, like it's one of those things that like the song is literally about like cooking crack and having sex. Like that's all it's about. It being American. opulent. Is it possible to get trap artists to say something different? No, because they're they're all about the... That's why I'm anti-trap. Because because the thing is, is that trap, in this sense, is all about the bottom line, in the sense that Donald Trump is all about the bottom line, which is a financial bottom line, which is not a cultural bottom line, or not a social bottom line, or not a, you know, like, uh, or not a American beneficial in some kind of like... So is trap the music of the kleptocracy? Yes,
1: absolutely. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Between that... And there's, there's no, some. You've seen *Eenie, you know. Right, and there's some. And there's some like. Just horror, yeah. And there's, there's some like horrible. Beast. Right, there's some horrible be. subset of like kind of big yeah. pop country that's going to find some Tommy Lauren look-alike and sound-alike that they're going to be able to put beautiful, you know, twangy pop songs behind and just push push her to the forefront in the same way that like. Young black men that we know nothing about who have never made a rap song a day in their life until 2013 are all running mainstream popular music. It's the same, the same thing that happened in pop country, and that should really scare people because with mm-hmm. the people that control the country right now, if you put a, a, an attractive blonde woman... If she will be blonde, if she will be tall, she will, yeah, like, whatever. Yeah, I know. Hashtag, hashtag
2: IvankaFap. I
3: get it. Right. It, it'll happen. And, and that's the. And it's scary to think that you could do that, because we've set, with this Trap narrative that we've set for America, like, we've, we've, like, we've, taught, like, we've retaught people how to make perfect three and a half minute trap pop is basically
2: all Ben Carson's, and, you know, now that, uh, yeah. now basically that, like, um, Taylor Swift is heading in yeah. that direction, mm-hmm. you're saying we're going to get a,
3: a horrible fusion of yes, it's of awful. all of that, and, and you get and, and it's and there are going to be songs that are about middle America <laughs> and, and traditional American values.
2: Well, how can trap music be about? Don't you have like a, a, a fundamental dissonance there?
1: Yeah, like, but I
3: mean, but but ultimately, you could take that and turn it on so, its head and create. But, but let's define pop. trap
1: music, and this is something like uh, we'll be talking about a lot in. Uh, in this year on the podcast and stuff, is these musics are, are, are just... These musics. These music. jazzes. I like <laughs> the way you <I> talk. Yes. <laughs> these musics. These musics are just... Creative uh, expressions. These, these musics are just... Uh, expressions of us as a people yeah. and and ultimately yeah, really. and, and ultimately, nothing to be scared of man and also <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. yeah but ultimately you can like deliver whatever message you I'm want to of americans but I yeah, think, yeah. Is what we're right. But can, my point is you can deliver okay. whatever message you want in whatever yeah. medium like you have that power you have that capability it's something that we ignore a lot it's something sure. where where people in country they're like when uh the Men of modern sounds and country music, Sterling Simpson. Right, like, you talking about drugs and country music? Like why the fuck not?
3: Yeah. All you, you know, guys listen,
1: is- people like uh, people <clears throat> like
2: not when people don't have novelty they miss it. And yeah. you know, we're gonna enter into uh, there's gonna be the cableization of everything that we used to consider a feed or the um, Pravda, you know, Bright Bart's yeah. Pravda right. and the country channels do this. And yeah, we're gonna experience it but um, and you know what, if most of the country goes for it, I honestly think it'll still break. It breaks every single time. Yeah. And it's like fundamentally unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, I, I worry about this, this thing coming only because it's going to be like the biggest, brightest, most frightening pop supernova in 40, or 50 years. Like it's going to be this thing that just like explodes. And it's like, I don't think that, <sighs>
2: I, I don't think that uh, 40 or 50 years exists exists in a way that we can extrapolate I mean, it's in either, the way
3: that like in the way that like everybody like everybody i sound like
2: nigel tufnell from spinal tap right <laughs> everybody
3: of a certain age you can't can tell really you about,
2: extrapolate
3: right everybody's <laughs> like when elvis was on the ed sullivan show this thing happened and you know music was so irrevocably changed in a way that it was like okay now we're doing a different thing or beatles even a better example
2: well you know the thing is nothing really changes anything i can't remember the last time i was talking to a a, a person in, you know, wherever. That's dark, uh, motherfucker. Who, That's who was, dark. Who, who, who is like, <laughs> who's like, you know, wanted to really tell me about Rudolph Valentino <laughs> or like, I'm gonna get down about right. Clara Bow for a while here. Just hear me out. You know, people like, this is just a moment in time. Like the, the, the whether humanity, uh, you know, through creative expression ends up affecting its reality is something that we can't really, uh, divine. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, right.
3: I, I, I've been, I like that The gonna, like, answer is
2: yes, it can happen while you're there to experience it.
3: Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> but there's also like, you could also do a Kevin... That's what I'm
2: bringing for 2017. Yeah, I, I can also tell you, like,
3: like, you could also do what Kevin's going to do, which is like, I'm you like a s-
2: Werner Herzog of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs>
3: impressed. But, like, you could stay in the basement and just, like, go to bandcamp.com and, like, find a bunch of albums and just hang out yeah, in your basement I mean, and record podcasts. That podcast. sounds nice. Can I do that? Yeah. Yeah, s- you, you see the new setup. It's. <laughs> It, it is a comedy and in the and, and Marcus Morrow stopped by. Yeah. Mark, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, We'll, get, you we'll know, get Jess Goldick out here at some point. That'd be awesome. Put the word out Yeah, up, yeah. Up yeah, yeah. Here. I, uh, Hang out.
1: So, so, you know, outside of the cultural uh, implications of what hats. we have. You know, <laughs> m- ooh. I <seriously. laughs> uh, hadn't considered that. Uh, <laughs> outside of the cultural implications. And actually, I want to go back to the, uh, maybe I want to go back to the Star Wars thing you brought up. Like, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, no, but here's pew, the thing. Pew, pew. I've been watching a lot of Star Wars Rebels. Which is a fantastic show. If you aren't watching Star Wars Rebels, this is their pitch. If you aren't watching it, why aren't you? Uh, Star Wars Rebels. Heritage, not hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the show I want to see. That's not the show that they made. Uh, but, uh, but but at any rate, uh, you know what... And this, this, this sort of defines 2016 versus 2017. Culturally, I think, where we're at. You had uh, that, which Star Wars has always been about hope for me, invariably. There is... There is a war. Obviously, it's in the title. There's a war going on outside. War, plural. War, yeah. Wars, right? Yeah. So, oh, but you have. And you know, I never consider that. Where's the other fucking war?
2: You know, I think they may be talking about the entirety of the you kind think? of military okay. skirmishes. Yes. Okay, right.
1: Wouldn't that be star battles? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is not. <laughs> Just, so, we're just
3: going down a path
1: yeah so so <laughs> the point conflict. is like
3: Ooh, is, conflict even.
1: is that like you know the force yeah. awakens the film you were referring to uh is uh a very uh humane i guess message like that much yeah. Like, everybody but, dies yeah well totally, no, no, no no you're talking totally you're hum-ish. talking about rogue One. Oh, spoiler guys yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what we had at the end of last year that is influencing like
2: 2017. You can
1: 2017, edit that and put it up front, right? Yes, I
2: can. Like, this podcast contains a Rogue One spoiler.
3: Yes. <laughs> or just a cultural spoiler in general. Let's go into the intro be...
1: now just because the people will get confused every time Sorry, like, I, I interrupt Kevin. Rogue
3: One. But, everybody dies. But so Rogue in One life.
1: everybody dies. It's a war film. It is branded with Star Wars. It is put put upon this thing as entertaining as that film was. I did not feel at all that it was like a, an actual Star Wars film. It was just like lasers and, and whatever. I didn't feel like it wasn't a Star Wars film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard that I've heard that and that's a thing that people have said. You know, it but my point is is that one offers a hopeful view of things and one offers this weird uh cynical view of of where we are at just in general i found rogue one very helpful actually did you yeah i
2: did i mean first of all we have the the vantage point of understanding you know the uh the spiritual awakening that happens through the character of luke skywalker Mm -hmm. and the way that the force uh finds its balance through the redemption of darth vader uh i also understand that you know there's an entire like you know merry cast of uh hooligans coming that are going to excite and delight me as they you know fight back against this monochrome um colonizer and uh and and rogue one sets us up for that fundamentally i mean it does feel <laughs> like it's a little heavy and you know ill portent in the whole business because you know it would have to right um but at the end of the day, I mean they got those data plans and Everybody knows that uh, Lord Vader's devotion to that ancient religion ha- did not mm-hmm. help him conjure up the location of those missing creatures. That's true. That's true.
1: Right. Well, I guess point withdrawn. I just had to do that. Thanks, dude. Um, so, but but uh, you know, moving past the cultural stuff, then what are we looking at uh, business wise in 2017? We saw but, so so which which report I've seen two reports. Which
3: report is it? Is is vinyl down or is vinyl up? Vinyls up and 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 streaming de- vinyls up digital downloads are dead streaming surging and uh purchase of albums is down 80% since 2000 okay
2: Uh as a yeah as a container you know, yeah yeah At vinyl I don't I don't know I don't believe that vinyl is really going to go down I think the market gets flooded with a bunch of extraneous crap I mean that was the probably in the day, old days day, but, day. Yeah, right exactly <laughs> but on the other hand i mean it's just, a pretty awesome collectible medium and i don't really know though if uh if if it's going to lose it if it's going to go from whatever kids were collecting it that are probably now just entering college or mm-hmm. something or midway through college right. that kind of got the uh, pulled into the um you know what's that store urban outfitters kind of yeah, yeah, finalization yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have the have, do they man. pass that uh, ritual on to their uh, little brothers and sisters, you know, because or do, you know, kids have hipster parents that are old enough to think it's cool? Uh, what is the conduit for vinyl to continue its perpetuation? Or does it just hit the wall of total nativization
1: to right. digital? So, right. right. Which to is. This, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, no your point. I just want to make it real quick point. Yeah, cool. Having set all this up now that I have access to my turntable, which is sort of off to the side now i've considered like i'm gonna go up to songbird i'm gonna get something and every time i don't because i'm like but i have it right here and i don't know an album uh although we are buying every single album we review this year so there's that so we'll have to get on that but uh i don't know stuff that i'm like i want to sit down here and just put it on right now you on the other hand have a nice fucking setup. Yeah, Casey. I'm enjoying and, it right now. Um, it's it's pretty satisfying. Yeah, you know, and Casey posts on Facebook like stuff, just the album he's listened to, and he's yeah. shrine. I too. was really late to it though. Uh, one of the reasons is because
2: you know when I was working uh, as a music critic, I was just buried in in um, media. Right, when you have you time know. to just one album, this was back before. I mean, it was like. I experienced some of the transition, yeah. but it was certainly before. Uh, and so I would just have stacks of CDs really? and, uh, I also, you know, had, I was a buyer for a, a record store before that. So I had stacks of oh my CDs God. Jesus. and, um, I just really was not in the mood. I was actually delighted for digital because like, nobody's going to come over and like crane their necks and not talk to me and just stare <laughs> at my stacks of, you know, my stacks of CDs forever. Uh, And also, I don't have the stacks, which seemed just like a revelation to me. Um, You know, and I knew that vinyl sounded good because I'm also super old. yeah. And so part of um, my childhood was, you know, actually spent listening to records, my parents' records, my uncle's records, my girlfriend's dad's records Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, I kind (laughs) of knew the ritual of dropping the needle and spin the black circle and the whole thing. And, you know, I also grew up in the era of, uh, you know, tube based receivers and power amps and stuff. So I kind of know what fat, nice analog warmth sounds like too, but none of that seemed like it was quite enough for me to deal with the idea that someday, you know, when the other shoe drops, you're going to have to move across town or across the country with all of these crates with you. And I just couldn't get it (laughs) in my head that that was a good idea. But, you know, at some point, I think largely in 2016, early 2016, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I had to spend the time that people spend to get a situation where, you know, you can really enjoy the environment and experience. And now I find, um, I don't have to go into a man cave to do it. That helps. But, now I find that I do feel like putting on the vinyl instead of putting it on streaming. But the problem is when I look at my um, my collection, I re-experience scarcity, and so you know right, that actually right. motivates me as a consumer. But I have to, the the money to 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 spend on that habit. I mean, I don't right. mean to sound like a dick, but no, 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 like, there's a lot of people. When I was their age, I didn't. I I grew up poor chill. as shit, yeah. and I didn't have any money because I was busy. Anything that I would have to spend, I would buy on like musical equipment. You know, pedals and mm-hmm, amps great, and mm-hmm. shit like that. So, and then later it was recording equipment. So it's not like I had money to throw around at this. Why do you think I worked at record stores? I got free music. Exactly. exactly. I, you know, anyway, I don't mean to keep talking, but the thing is, like, I just don't know. Does vinyl find another um, sort of well, way to uh, into to, the, into you, the you, culture? to your point, No problem. No so problem. And this is just
1: like a one second thing. Yeah, when cool. Joe was here from who owns Songbird and stuff, we were talking about the price of vinyl. And I was like naive. I was just like, yeah i mean dude it's like right. 20 bucks like i i too i have the money to do this so and he's like oh no no no, they're, they're like 30 bucks down 29 bucks i'm like oh yeah you know and it's sort of like, huh it's
3: it's so. funny okay so like uh working at decades you know the the the, the monstrous four-story net <laughs> club in the middle of downtown washington dc decadesdc.com cheap plug you don't have to do that really um fun. so in any event Okay, so like we have a Thursday night. It's like basically a college night. We don't advertise it as such, but it's basically a college night. So I, I love talking to college kids who like somehow recognize who I am, and I'm like not a person that puts my face on the internet. But it's like they'll like come up to me and they're like talking to me about music. And so I often ask them a question about like how do they consume music because it's a fascinating thing. And I stole it from Chris Richards, who does this what he does his high school talks, mm-hmm. and they'll tell me that the music that they hear in the club or like at Soul Cycle or wherever they go to like work out or wherever they consume music. Generally they will stream, but there's a whole other class of music that is now created to them merely and solely for the purpose of being bought in Forbes that are not streamable. And it's a fascinating concept to consider that we've now reached this point where there are two very different classes of music. There is music that mm-hmm. is made that is solely meant for the streaming population. Solely. Like, you're not buying Zed's next album. I wonder if that's always been the case. So you're talking about pop music
2: versus, like... Yeah, but yeah. It's, but it's, I mean, 7-inch records listening uh, listening to those on monitor... Uh, yeah, excuse me, on mono right. transistor. Um, but there's
3: this thing where it's like, for them... Fisher-Price speakers or whatever. Right, but for them, though, I mean, it's very much like mu- the music industry has become two literally completely separate industries. Like there is streamable music? Right. And there is specifically
1: stuff you stuff you have to buy.
3: Non-streamable music. Okay. So like we have this conversation, and I'll be like talking to them about like a perfect example. I was talking to a uh, young African-American female about rhythm and blues music. And she's like, "I love R&B." And I'm like, "Okay." She's like, "I just discovered it." And I'm like, "Oh, that's great." And she's like, "I like Tori Lanes." And I like Erin Abernathy,
0: mm-hmm.
3: she would never in a million years stream, anth- uh, stream uh anthology. Stream it, like go to like, you know, Spotify, which is available. Mm-hmm. And you mean Monologue? Gonna, monologue, yeah. yeah just, I call it Anthology. You know, I have been doing this since yes, I, know, I, know. Since I, I know. Like, wrote the review for it, for yeah. a pitch for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, Sorry, yeah. Ab, I love you, but <laughs> your, your record confuses me this way. It always will. So like Monologue, she will never ever in a million years stream that record. Because she knows the story of it. She understands the craftsmanship of this person as an artist, and that can only be consumed via the vinyl that she bought at Songbird Mm -hmm. of monologue. Tori Lanez, who's a top 40, like you know, pop artist, she could never conceive the idea of doing anything other just streaming that music How much on of that Spotify? Is,
1: is is like determining like self-determining the legitimacy of an artist being like essentially like I'll pay for you or I won't
3: yeah
2: actually that's a very interesting thing yeah. and I think that really exists and I think that, I, that absolutely exists you have too much money that is a return to you know a, a certain type of industry sanity because it represents mm-hmm. an understanding of uh, you know investment worthiness. Yeah. Um and for a while like people didn't really know like does five thousand MySpace likes mean that we sign you? At a on a certain afternoon? Yeah. Uh yeah. it did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, totally thank understood. you, Tia Tequila or whatever. Right. Uh, but you know, oh, so princess. but it took a long time to get to a place where, you know, and surprise, surprise, the thing that you can actually uh use as a bellwether for market investment worth is whether it's going to sell Physical units is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, uh, there's a separate proxy that you use to sort of. Figure out whether that investment in a physical media is useful, and that comes from a lot of digital activity. Right. And so, you've got services or platforms like Next, Next Big Sound that are kind of scraping a lot of that social, plus, yes. uh, you know, um, some of the uh, fan based, you know, user upload activity where it's tolerated. Right. And then there are, you know, commercial providers of data, and then also you can just look at play counts nowadays. Right. So, mm-hmm. there's a lot of information that's available to people who would invest in a musical product but i think that the the since that uh since you got basically two places to play um superstar level or subsistence level everyone is either looking to manufacture something which costs a shit ton of money uh or they're looking to find something that just is going to be so incredible that it's going to break through i think the latter emphasis is a good one and and if you have a cottage um Product with slightly better margins, you can actually return to what we were supposed to have in the in the late '90s when we were thinking about the commerce that could be unleashed by being able to communicate a niche product that exists on this. You know, part of the planet to somebody who yeah. lives on another mm-hmm. part. And to tell you the truth, I mean, I hate to say it, but like the retail, uh, you know, verticals are largely controlled by Amazon at this point. Yeah, no, but no, no, on no, the no, other for hand, sure, commerce for sure. is commerce, and if you have a record and it's pressed and it's and a label is invested in that and it's available, you you can get that to a kid in
3: Budapest. Yeah, yes. Here's a, here's the fascinating. Thing I want to add to that conversation I was having a little bit earlier is the idea that can I know, say Budapest because it just makes me feel better. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, so so the, the idea of like. Also, added into this the idea that artists who have a certain level of connectivity in a conversational situation
0: Mm -hmm.
3: benefit to not go so much towards the label side of things, but towards the indie alt-underground side of things. So there's almost like this situation where artists who may come off as being less educated or intelligent trend towards this mass marketed musical thing and artists who can present themselves as intellectual and more socially aware in a way that they can you know advocate for themselves well, and, and if towards you, the if and you, if if you track like, that psychologically,
1: though, I mean, you're talking about an introvert
3: extrovert.
2: Yeah, You can like, track it economically, too. I mean, yeah. let's face it. We're making a lot of assumptions here about, you know, what people can afford to consume yes. and how right. they consume it.
3: It's a fascinating thing. Because, like, when I talk to these kids and they tell me that, it's like I stop and I go, okay. So now we're making this, this conversation about an economic thing. And it plays into this, this pop culture thing we were talking about earlier. And it was talking about talk about this alt-right thing and this like you know Donald Trump voter thing and like you know the stereotypes we place towards these people and playing towards these people on a pop side where you know the music you can make for them and you know the kind of like things that you can like talk about in these songs because you know that this is their marketplace. Mm-hmm. And you know that on the other side is this marketplace that is highly intellectualized. Wanting to be aware, wanting to have social conversations that are not lowest common denominator. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing to consider. And it's like the more and more I There's talk Probably about a middle it, as
2: well. Yeah. I mean I, 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 I would never assume that yet. everyone is being served. Right, right,
3: right. Maybe and well, I think,
2: um, I think what, that's what I'm hoping is we Mike, can start
1: to define it but right. I was gonna say I think the middle is called Mike and the Mechanics. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry. Wow. Of oh, the living years. <laughs> We avenged the
3: living
0: years. We're gonna make a jazz.
3: (laughs) Oh, we're gonna make a jazz. All the jazz.
1: Um, I feel like we can talk for a couple more hours, but uh, it's 2017, and I want to want to do things a little differently. So I feel I feel like we'll be back. Uh, I hope you'll be back, Casey. Like, yeah, you're gonna be busy. You're you're gonna be busy. I'll be back. Um, I always come back, but I never left. That's right. <laughs> you helping it, like you, you, in you in help helping Eduardo take, take, the, take <laughs> care of three elevens. You're always ways. in the social digital ether. Yes, of um, this podcast. So, so what would the, la- the word of advice we would offer, like individually, like to artists in 2017 to go forth
3: and prosper? How would we um, know yourself and uh, know your and and, 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 and always, in always in a in a commercial way, in a humanistic way, and also in a way of like understanding your best creativity and like being able to like source that because you can now, because there's no reason to not do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would second everything, cosine, everything that Marcus said, no reason to hold back. Uh, I would like people to pay a little bit more attention though, to, uh, you know, the creative neglect that can occur when you overfocus on, you know, getting to the
3: next level yep right
2: because
3: there's no next level there there, is no they're democratized
2: there is there are actually always next levels there's next let's like explore some next levels creatively right you know um and there's pathways to many levels and you'll recognize them when you're there or you won't but uh i think that the the great fallback for a culture in tremendous stress and and disorientation is a uh, creative expression and that's where you really discover the uh the spine of a people the backbone their resilience and their heart we've been there before i mean mm-hmm. you study the history of this country it's like this is a really bipolar bizarre country <laughs> uh but that you, you know that that angst and and uh mortal terror sometimes produces some very meaningful cultural artifacts and i think it will again
1: yeah i am going to go with what i said up front too, is is do it for real like if you have if you haven't done this yet yeah. like decide just to yeah, do it you, you will you will lose nothing nothing by expressing yourself uh doing it if, if someone like me or marcus like says something bad about your record just tell us to fuck off like just do
3: or do it. what Odyssey does, which is like, yeah. explain or, to you yeah, why exactly, your artistic, exactly. why your take on e- their e- artistic, well, and, and bouncing off
1: that, engage in conversation. Right. Like, you don't create it in a vacuum. We don't exist in a vacuum. Like, engage people in what you're doing, and the, which is the point of art. Yeah. You're supposed to engage, get them in, but also, you know, personally engage them. And I think, uh, you know, it'll at
3: least ease. Right. The, human, the human is artistic and the artistic is human. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Mr.
1: Dowling, thank you as always for being always. here. Uh Mr. Ray, I cannot yes. wait to read your fucking book because yes. both of them. Yes. Both of them. The, the, what's the name of the Burroughs book, though? Uh, the
2: Burroughs book is right now tentatively called The Priest, they called him William S. Burroughs that and is. the Cult of Rock and Roll. Yeah. And that uh, will be out on University of Texas Press mass market in 2017, if I can make it happen. The other one is called Music Copyright. A an authoritative guide, and that is Roman and Littlefield, twenty eighteen. If I can convince them to let me release it in twenty eighteen, I'm guessing before
1: the years out, they're going to change that to authoritarian, authoritarian. <laughs> an authoritative. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't guide. say that right, but uh, thank you guys for being here, and uh, we'll be back soon. Rock, rock. I go the first pod jam in 2017. Thanks a lot to Casey and Marcus for coming down, and hanging out. You know, we hung out after it for a little bit and um, got into a little Foxygen. Been uh, been on Casey to take a listen to it and, and and he dug it the most. I think we're gonna be talking about it next week, so you can you can get to digging it. Um, comes out on Friday. By the way, guys, that's tomorrow. Um, so there's a good thing happening tomorrow. Uh, you know, that, that's our podcast for the, uh, for, for this week or second for the week. This all our podcast for this week. Uh, I was going to play a song at the back end of this, but I realized I, I, you know, it's really hard to sum up what I think we're all feeling, uh, right now. Uh, so what, what I want to try is, you know, I have a song picked out, but I was just like, man, this, this means so much to so many people and so many different things. Uh, so let's try a collaborative thing here. Uh, if you guys want to email me... My email is Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com uh, This song that sums up sort of this transition... How you feel about it. I'll start. My song was Everybody Knows. Uh, the Concrete Blonde version. Uh, partially because uh, Pump Up the Volume... Was a, a uh, formidable film of my youth. Way back in the 80s. And, uh, and but But maybe you have a song that does this a lot better. So email us your song... Next podcast, we're gonna or maybe put it in a playlist. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll start having stories of people, uh, uh, you know, wh- what happens during this transition, what happens to the, uh, the art, how you see art, how you, how you react to people around you. I know it's changed here in DC, uh, but, uh, I sort of want to hear it from you guys. Uh, with that in mind too, I want to say, you know, if you're coming to DC this weekend, Uh, Please be safe. Uh, If you're going to the the Women's March, we we greatly support that. If you need any assistance, any information, you can email us about that, and uh, we will help out when and where we can. Uh, I will be down there. A a whole crew will actually be down there, and uh, hopefully we'll have have tales to tell, something to talk about after that. And hopefully it'll be, you know, uh, it'll be an event that, I mean, look, protest, Protests are protests; they are what they are. Uh, but uh, you know, I think if you, if the world sees all these people coming out, uh, not just in anger, not just in in, in, a, in a rebellion of of this new administration, but to say, hey, you know, this is uh, this is agnostic of any administrations that this, these are the rights that we want; these are the rights that we not only want that we deserve and and we we should have. In every society, that I, I think uh, it might be a, uh, it might start something. We'll see, I mean, or it might just move something along. Maybe something's already started. I don't know. Uh, to that point, you know, I, I do want to talk to you really quick. At the beginning of this podcast, going forward, uh, you're going to hear a little ad at the beginning. Now, sometimes it's actually going to be an ad, but more often than not, now it's going to be talking about an uh, organization that we support uh, because you know we've said a lot of down here. Uh, that you know, making your making your protest song is great. Doing your protest is great. Making art be critical or or sheds light on an issue is great. But but what we're legitimately looking at now is say an organization like Planned Parenthood, which is uh, sort of on the chopping block for congressional budget, and uh, what that means is that that organization may go away theoretically. Uh, but you know how it won't go away is if, if we. Uh, keep it alive and you say how do you do that well you donate and i and i as gross as it is you know i, I remember I sat down here with uh, nick from sylvanesso and nick sanborn and we had this conversation and he was like you know what is money and I, you know that really got in my head and i and, and i'm i'm with him on that but but we aren't there yet uh in the world and so what Planned Parenthood needs right now more than anything in the world is your money. If there are 380 million people in the United States, you think about that 380 million people. If everybody gave a dollar a month, uh, or even half the people say 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 half the voting public gave a dollar a month, uh, Planned Parenthood could be funded, funded quite well actually. Uh, and people, lots of people give more so just something you know I'm not saying you have to go out and do it I understand you know we, maybe you don't have a lot of money uh, that's fine speak up about these things but if you, if you do and, and you have the means and you, you just sort of set it and forget it and do whatnot, uh, you know this is a way you can help that has real results and, uh, and will lead to uh, in the end it won't matter if they legislate that the Planned Parenthood doesn't get funding it won't matter because we'll be funding it you know, this is truly uh, the power of the people, at least as far as I'm concerned. So that's just one example. Uh, we also support things like the ACLU, uh, a whole list of things. Where you, you're, you'll hear them. Uh, so and uh, and don't worry, we won't bug you too much with them. It's you know it's going to be like a quick two minute thing up front. You can fast forward through it if you want, but we hope you listen to it uh, because you know we have a voice. We have this thing that a bunch of you listen to, and uh, and hopefully we can get that out in front of you so that's my little pitch uh that is our podcast for today that is our podcast for the week uh you all know what's going on tomorrow so all I can say is uh be safe guys and girls uh get out there do your thing uh do what you need to do and um you know just (laughs) hang on tight guys we're we're gonna don't, don't let this fucking wreck us uh we're gonna get through it it's gonna be hard it's already hard but uh But I think think we might be okay. So uh, we will talk to you next week. We're talking about Foxygen and Allison Crutchfield. Until then, uh, be good to your ears. Be very, very good to your people. Uh, And be good to yourself. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kenobi!